Hey everyone, this is Ron. A quick note, we're in a series on communication. I'm going to let these interviews run their full length, so these casts will be a little longer than our normal show. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to It's Your Business Lead It podcast. It's your business. Lead it. You need to deliver performance to your organization now. To do this, you need to ensure process efficiency, product quality, and employee engagement. What happens when you don't have this? Underperformance. If you're tired of getting excuses and not results, if you're tired of mediocre employees talking a mean game, but not backing it up with action, you're in the right place. My name is Ron Hurst, a leader with over 30 years of real world operational experience backed by the best of engineering and developmental psychology. And my goal is simple. I want to help you achieve the performance your business is capable of. All right, everyone, welcome back to It's Your Business Lead It podcast. And this this podcast, I wanted to do something really important and special. I have this thing about communication. And if you listen to the last cast, you heard me talking about that listening is the most important communication skill by far. I have invited a very dear friend and colleague and fellow leadership coach onto the call, Shelly Hendricks. I wanted to invite you into this cast and tell us a little bit about yourself. Welcome. Hi, Ron. I'm so excited and honored to be here with you today. So I am the founder and president of Blue Horizon Solutions, Mm -hmm. which means I'm also an instructional designer for leadership programs. And uh, one of my favorite parts of my role is as an executive coach, as you said earlier. Nice. And so as an executive coach, what type of executives are you coaching? Like what types of positions are you, do you focus on? Yeah, I work with leaders at every level in the organization, from the frontline leaders through the executive and C-suite. Mm-hmm. Um, in During the pandemic, primarily over the last two years, most of my uh, clients have been at the director and VP level, mm-hmm. um, really working with leaders who are working to navigate the uncertainty and complexity and ambiguity of that has that we've all been living in. Right. Yeah. COVID. Yay. <laughs> Zoom. <Yeah>. Yay. <laughs> yeah. What a crazy reality we live in now. And, and that's part of the context, isn't it? I mean, when we think about leadership, we have to be able to pivot and shift and, and really make a connection with our employees. Yeah, that's right. I think that um, even now, or especially now, in light of being in a virtual environment now mm-hmm. that some organizations are going back to a hybrid place and really defining for the first time what that even means. Uh, I think le- uh, leaders are listening to their people differently. Right. They're caring for their people differently. Mm-hmm. And um, they're wanting to make different decisions about how they run the business and how they lead their organizations. Yeah. And you said something that just caught my attention. It just made me chuckle, although I kept it to myself. When I was teaching at a local local university in a business school, I teach organizational behavior and they have this section on hybrid work environments and job sharing and all this stuff. And for eight years before COVID, I would look at my students and go, yeah, most of this is crap. Nobody does it. <laughs> but now it's real. <laughs> so yeah, we do have to care for our employees and we've got to, to demonstrate that. And that brings us to this topic. 
So I'm curious, for me, listening is the most important communication skill. I'm wondering what your perspective is. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I think if we aren't listening, we aren't able to accomplish all of the big goals that we set for ourselves and for our companies as well. Um, you know, if we aren't listening to the needs of the customer, we're not able to deliver the solutions they need. If we're not listening to our workforce, then um, they may become disengaged or right. less satisfied or um, less excited about the mission that we've set forward. Well, and if we're not listening, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just thinking, you, you got me thinking about Gallup's Q12. When I, when I analyzed the, the 12 questions that, that are predictive of employee engagement, the vast majority of them are really all about the effectiveness of the communication, the two-way communication that exists between the, the leader and the employee, which necessarily means, are you listening? Dialogue. It's yeah, huge. Exactly. Absolutely. So listening is pretty important as a communication skill, but what about for leaders? I mean, let's just dig into that one a little bit. I mean, as you said, you've got to be able to listen to your customer. You've got to be able to listen to your employee. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful. But what makes listening an important leadership skill in your experience? I think how you listen is part of the important part of it. It's mm-hmm. Are you listening with a curiosity and an intent to understand? Or are you listening for the opportunity to react and respond? Right. And I think leaders who choose the latter approach might have quick wins and successes at a certain level, mm-hmm. but they may not have the longevity and the sustainable, the, the, the leadership to sustain a long-term career or a long-term trajectory of their business. Uh, It's not sustainable. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it seems to me that the person that's looking for the next, the next month outcome, the next quarter outcome, Mm -hmm. isn't really looking at the long-term This listening allows us to make a human connection with every employee to engage those employees. And ultimately an engaged employee wants to give more. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I that's oftentimes in in organizations where employee engagement scores haven't been high. Frequently, mm-hmm. that's the feedback that's in the anecdotal comments and the written responses is, "I don't feel heard. Right. I don't feel uh, that my manager or the leadership team or whomever um, has my best interests at heart." Right. And so, who wants to work in that environment? Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of those 12 questions at work, my opinion seems to count. <laughs> um, you get a low score on that dude or lady, you're not listening. <laughs> yeah. And now this is, this is kind of a funny point, Shelly. I'm curious if you, if you look at this the way I do, that there are people that are really good at hearing the words that someone says, and they can even repeat them back to you but their body language is saying Mm. something so totally different. Wondering if you've noticed that and if you agree that, is it listening when someone can just repeat back what you have to say? 
I think it's one level of listening. Uh, and, and certainly listening for content is part of the overall picture. Uh, but I think that wait, what I'm hearing you describe is sort of embodied or whole body, mm-hmm. <laughs> nonverbal listening as well. Um, and especially in a virtual environment, I think about how do you sit at your desk right. or in front of a camera? How do you make eye contact with the camera? Mm-hmm. Um, are you reading a document on a different screen or are you looking at the camera? Um, and, and the choices that we all make in those situations reflect back what's important to us, what, what matters most to me right. in that moment um, or, or to the leader. When they're telling you a story about why this change or that decision mm-hmm. was made, um, you know, is their body language reinforcing it? Is it congruent with yeah. the words that they're saying? Exactly. You know what, what? What's interesting about what you're saying? I was with a a client not too long ago, and we we're talking about the the difference between Zoom and Teams. And of course, this is part of the conversation now in COVID land, right? The thing. <laughs> of course. Sorry. Uh, and of course, yeah, of course, <laughs> part of the exactly. conversation. So the thing that I I am a big zoom fan and i should probably get like some kind of benefit from saying that i don't but i'm a big zoom fan and for one reason and it's what we're talking about zoom has the ability to have the speaker and the listener as the same size image where teams has a tendency to put you in the bottom corner in some little thumbnail so one of the things for me is that you can observe yourself watching and paying attention to the audience on the zoom call. And that is an incredible feedback mechanism that says, where are my eyes pointed? How well am I listening? And am I looking on a secondary or tertiary screen? I mean, you do that and you see it immediately. So you're getting this real time feedback of making yourself more congruent between the words coming in your ears and what your body is saying. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think that, um, you know, that's, it, it's beginning to point toward a conversation about trust, right? Because right. when we, what we say and what we do is different, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, it erodes trust. And, and then how, as a leader, how can your followers, how can your team, how can the people, your, even your peers and colleagues really trust and foster that relationship? Right. If they don't believe that, that your words are congruent with your actions. Exactly right. And, you know, I've often said that trust is the currency of leadership. And if you're not mm-hmm. trustworthy, you're done. I mean, you're bankrupt. You're, you're just done. So this, this congruency or this, this consistency between the words we're saying and the way that our body is behaving, I think is really critical. And that actually takes us to my one of my favorite topics, which is self-awareness. So you've got Mm. to be aware of how you're behaving. And I'm curious from, from your perspective is self-awareness. I mean, how, how do you see the role of self-awareness in listening? Yeah, I think self-awareness is where we start. Um, So when I think about leadership development, for example, or the work we do in coaching, if, if the learner isn't, starting from a place of understanding who they are and how they're showing up, mm-hmm. then it's 
really challenging for them to see what the gap is or what the opportunity is to um, even begin to address what deep change might need to happen in that individual, even if it's not deep change, Mm -hmm. even if it's simply a a behavior, even if they're looking to improve a skill, you know, improve presentation skills or improve negotiation skills, whatever it is. If they're not aware of the baseline, then they don't know uh, how far they might need to go or what they could possibly improve to, to be even more effective. And that's really the bottom line. That's what, why we do this work. That's mm-hmm. what our clients come to us, you know, for help. Right. And you, you said one of my favorite advanced communication topic words, negotiation. The, mm-hmm. funny, the funny thing about listening is it is the foundation for effective negotiating because mm-hmm. how else are you going to get past the person's position to understand their interests if you're not asking good questions, if you're not authentically curious, as you talked about earlier, and you can't listen. And if you're just listening to the content um, and trying to find the holes in their argument, they won't trust you. They won't share what their real interests are. And you're going to have a really tough time negotiating. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that for sure. That's it, right? If if someone is going into a negotiation with the attitude that my goal in this conversation is to win, Mm -hmm. then they've already lost. Yeah. And the reason for that is... um, for me to win, you have to lose or for vice versa. If you have for you to win, I have right. to lose. And that's not the reality in most cases. And in the, the best negotiators, that's not the, the outcome. That's not the intent going in. Right. So being clear on being able to listen and being clear on, um, I want to be curious about, you know, what would make this good and right for you. Mm-hmm. And in, in addition to what are my objectives. Right. Um, so, because if you don't, if you aren't listening for those things, you also can't arrive at what's the best alternative to no no agreement. Exactly. Which I think is a key point in negotiation as well. Absolutely, that that batna, right? Best, right? Best alternative to a negotiated agreement or something like that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so we've got. At the top end, we've got this negotiation concept. To me, one of the most significant applications of effective communication and listening. But we've also got influence, managing conflict. They, they both as well are deeply embedded in your ability to listen. Yeah, absolutely. And influence, I think, especially is one that comes to mind and comes up in conversations frequently. Um, Right. How can I influence you if I don't understand what's important to you? Yeah. You know, or how to connect. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, exactly. Um, Yeah, we want to get on the same page and and create mutual purpose. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's one of the best ways to really create an influential situation right so let's let's take a step back and and think about listening again so i i can just imagine that there's some listeners that are that are paying attention to this podcast and they're thinking i'm a pretty good listener already i don't know what they're talking about i'm pretty self-aware how would you know that you're a good listener what are some of the the clues that you might need to improve what do you look for Hmm. that's a great question I think that, uh, as I'm thinking about some of my coaching clients, um, 
I think when people get good feedback that they are a good listener and people will tell you, Mm -hmm. you know, thank you. You're a really good listener. I appreciate feeling heard. I appreciate your listening to me, taking the time and energy to listen to what I had to say. Um, Okay. I think that. Can I interrupt on that point? Because this is so, so delicious. (laughs) Just think about it. <laughs> good. So, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. No, but just think about it. So if someone were not that good of a listener, that's not the kind of feedback they have ever heard. Now, somebody mm. might go, you're a really good listener, but they're saying it in a, in a kind of superficial way. But if someone really feels heard, they're going to make eye contact with you. They're going to look at you and go, thank you. And they're going to, you can feel the emotion behind it. So in the case where you actually are that good at listening and you're practicing it, I, I couldn't agree more. But what if somebody just thought they were a good listener, but eh, maybe they're kind of mediocre? What kind of feedback could they look for? Uh, I think that, and I'm thinking about things like, uh, ev- I think of evidence-based assessments. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking of like 360s, for example. Right. And in some of the comments or in some of the ratings in a 360, for example, um, someone who might not be a good listener but thinks they are might, um, there is incongruence. Or again, we're back to congruence, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a disconnect or there's maybe a blind spot related to communication right. or, um, you know, um, feeling connected to the team and things like that. Um, different organizations, different 360s call it different things, but um, usually there's some dimension of, of communication there. And, you know, frequently, so, or in that case, somebody might rate themselves really highly. Yes. Oh, I'm a great listener, right? Um, and the rest of the raters might give them eh, maybe threes. out of on a five point scale let's say and so when you see that blind spot that's an opportunity to sort of step back and say hmm i wonder what that's about right and maybe begin to notice how the conversations go in the following week or weeks Mm. yeah that's i love that point it's something that i like to point out to my clients as well that if there's a gap between how you see you and how others Mm -hmm. see you and you rate yourself higher than they do, don't start pointing fingers and going, they just don't get it. They're, they're whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't none of that, that kind of obj- turning them into some other an ob- object, but really mm-hmm. start turning the mirror on yourself and ask, could that be yeah, true? Sometimes I'll, I'm sorry. Sometimes I'll hear a client say, Oh, I know who answered that way. <laughs> exactly. That's really not the point. <laughs> now, now let's turn it into a witch hunt. I'm going to get them. Yeah. I'm going to get even. I'm like missing yeah. the point. Ah. Right. Right. And what you said was so important about turning that mirror back on themselves and saying, okay, what am I, what might I be doing that's contributing to this feedback? Right. right. Regardless of what I'm doing wonderfully, this is how I'm being perceived. Yes. And so now I have an opportunity to take a look at, um, what can I do to improve that if, if that's in fact the goal? Yeah. And let me just offer a little bit of uh, my own editorial from my, from Ron's soapbox. Please. So 
from the earliest part of my career, people have been spouting this old truism or this old, I don't know what they, what to call it, but perception is reality, right? They just, I mean, people say that all the time. And I, I need everyone listening to this podcast to hear me. If you think that that's not true about you, you've got some work to do on the self-awareness scale because mm. it is true. Other people can only see the world through their own lens and their lens is looking at you and making a judgment based on your behavior. And if they're perceiving you in a certain way, there's truth in it and you've got to accept it. The only way you're ever going to grow past it and become a better listener in this case is to listen to the feedback. Mm. Now, Shelly, I want to ask you a different question coming back to how does somebody get better at listening? Where would you begin? If, if you weren't that good of a listener, you've gone through this, you've heard us, and you're not getting that 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 really heart-touching thank you. You're, you're getting 360 advice that says, ah, oh, you're mediocre or you suck, and you're not fighting it. You're looking at it and going, oh, I need to get better. Where do you start? Yeah, that's, that's great. Well, what was coming up for me as you were telling your story about perception is reality is the idea of also of intention and impact. And to me, um, being able to look at that 360 feedback, this is a snapshot in time. Right. And it, it, it may not be your intention. I'm, and likely it isn't. <laughs> it's no one's intention to wake up and say, I want to be a mediocre leader today. <laughs> I think I'm going to go to work. <laughs> I, I, oh, my God. There was a yeah. great Super Bowl commercial about that. I want to grow up <laughs> and become a middle manager and get downsized. Right? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who wants that, right? I mean, every we all want to show up with our full and best energy, yeah. I think, every day and, and have the best possible impact. So uh, in my conversations, we often start with that idea that, you know, everyday actions, everything, what you do every day makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And it either makes a positive impact and it, it creates a cumulative impact over time, which we call legacy. Right. Um, or or it begins to erode that trust or it erodes the relationship or it undermines something mm -hmm. um, or it detracts from the the really good impact that you could have. Right. And so I think that's probably where I start is what, what impact would you like to have in your career? What do you want your legacy to be? Mm -hmm. I love that. So how does someone operate? Like maybe they're, they're, they're relatively self-aware, but they're also incredibly busy. And they often get to the end of the day before they realize that all the crises du jour have taken all their time and it's the end of the day and they haven't got to their first priority. So you're sitting here telling me now I've got one more thing to think about. And what if I don't get there? So how do I make that the priority? Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if I know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm probably, I'm probably guilty of, of allowing the, the priorities du jour to, to take over for me as well. Um, you know, I think that we start with good intentions, you know, as we said, I think we listen and, and try to understand where people are coming from and, and pay it, tune into mm -hmm. the feedback that we're getting, whether right. it's in a 360 or if it's on a Zoom and people are tuning out uh, or if it's in a conversation that we're having one-on-one -on -one and uh, 
things to being said that maybe maybe you have an opportunity to ask this question. Hey, mm-hmm. how is this landing for you? Uh, how how are we doing here? What what else is on your mind? You know. Yeah, I like being that. able to be tuning into it and listening. Right, I think it's well. This whole conversation is about listening, right? So we listen in different ways. So certainly we hear the words and we look at the body language, mm-hmm. but what's not being said? Yeah. What's in the spaces in between? I often think about that. One of the things that I love to teach people as I'm, I'm teaching them to listen is this idea that words have meaning to every human being and the meaning varies. But when someone walks across a word that has deep meaning to them, the word will change and it will their voice will crack or it'll deepen or it'll it'll go up in pitch. But something powerful happens on a word that has an emotional charge to it. And it's mm-hmm. one of the things that I've learned to listen really carefully for. What's the emotion behind the words? The logic of the words, I mean, most of us, that's pretty easy. You're listening. What's the what's their argument? What is their their data? What how are they approaching influencing me? also listen for the emotions behind it because those emotions are what the message actually is yeah that's where the truth lives isn't it yeah and it's so cool that and of course you and i as coaches we get to practice this all the time because we get to be professional listeners right but i think as a leader if you can learn to listen like that you can do it too and I'm going to, I'm going to take a a small stab at answering my question, where to begin, how to make it a priority. For me, what I have found is I've done a deep study on habit formation because let's face it, we're all creatures of habit. And the most important thing you can do for the intention and the impact to be an early, early morning or start of shift thought, start of day thought is to build a habit where that becomes what you do. And you know, my own, in my own case, I've got this morning process I go through that involves reading and meditation and, and just a gratitude journal and a number of different steps that make sure, and it's planning my day as well. So, I mean, I make sure that the top three to five priorities are hit in my calendar before I even leave my house, if I leave my house, because it's COVID land, of course. But by doing that, I build the habit of making sure that the first thing I'm thinking about are my most important priorities, not the crises that are going to hit me inevitably throughout the day. Yeah, I'm reminded of the big rock. Right? Kevy writes about the big rocks. Yeah. Yeah. And making sure that you get them in the jar first because nothing else is going to fit if you don't. Yeah. Okay. There's one other idea that I talk about often with my clients, and I just want to see your reaction to it. Like I consider listening the true superpower of leadership. I'm just wondering how you how you react to that. I like that. I think that's fantastic, and I'm envisioning the full cape and everything, <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. the posture, right? Our hands on your hips and the whole posture. Right. Uh, but, I think it's fantastic. So it's it's the Clark that... Kent side of Superman, though. <laughs> mm, it is it's, isn't it's it? hidden it's, yeah sorry yeah. it's just i just wanted to throw that in because i mean you're right it is superman 
I love it. Um, I think you're right. I think it is a key differentiator in in leadership that is effective and leadership that uh, there's a difference between giving direction and, and leading. And I think yeah. that the leaders who are able to listen and tune in and get that connection with their people and care or truly care genuinely about mm-hmm. their people um, have that ability to, to listen at multiple levels. So yeah, I would yeah. agree with the superpower. I, yeah. I like that. So that got me thinking. So when we think about this idea of, of listening, it requires a level of caring. I mean, we've actually got to authentically be curious about the employee, don't we? And Absolutely. that leads to the question, what if you're not the kind of manager that does? How do you, how do you, what do you do? Well, you have some questions to ask yourself, don't you? <laughs> well, yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I would probably want to ask a client, what is it about leading or managing that excites you or what are you passionate about in terms of leading? Why are you doing this? What's your why? <laughs> As it relates to yeah, leadership. I like that direction. Uh, and, if, and if it's, yeah, if it's not because of the people, if it's not because um, you want to make a difference and you want to, you know, help your team get to mm-hmm. the bigger, greater mission, then yeah. Check in with that motivation. Yeah, I think the motivation speaks to what is it about leadership that attracts you? And if I can just offer my own little kind of interpretation to your question, because it sounds like you're you're not looking at leadership in the way that the definition implies, because it is about guiding a group of people toward a worthy goal. And Mm -hmm. if you're not interested in connecting to those people, is it leadership even? Or is it management? Right. You just want to be a great manager and it's all, maybe it's about your ego. Maybe it's about your own development, your own rewards. And that, that is like Mm anti-leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of, some people, some people uh, become curious about management or leadership roles because they think that's the next natural step in the career progression. Mm Mm-hmm not necessarily because they have an intrinsic desire to lead people or to, you know, be in relationship with people, but they, you know, that's the expectation. So that's the next step. Right. Uh, And, and again, anyone who's considering that next step into leadership, I really do think that's a critical question to ask yourself and then listen to your answers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Listen to yourself about why you want to be a leader. Yeah. yeah, and that is such an interesting point to to really wrestle with because if you think about it, if you're trying to get into a quote-unquote leadership role because there's a financial benefit to you, but you're not really interested in all of the duties that come with it, I mean, there's this, this concept called the Peter Principle where people get promoted to their <laughs> level of incompetence. That's what organizations do. They promote for the wrong reasons until you get to a place where you're no longer able to do the job without skill development. But as an employee, if you're operating from that old kind of economy mindset that 
the only way for me to get more money is to get promoted into a job that I, I'm not going to be very good at, or, you know, I'm just going to get promoted because it makes more money. I think you're missing the point of leadership. Now there's no, there's no easy answers to this because in many organizations, it's not like there's a career path for somebody who gets better and better at a very narrow skill set. It's rare that that's the case. So companies, to some extent, are their own worst enemy in this regard, that they only reward taking on more responsibility as in managing people. So I don't think we're going to find an answer to this. (laughs) No, I think it's been a question for a long time and probably will continue. But I am hearing more. I mean, the good news is I think more people are beginning to wrestle with questions like that. And they're open to exploring. In fact, especially over the last two years during COVID, I have had a number of people come to me and say, I want to do something more meaningful with my life. Yeah. You know, I am curious. I'm I'm interested in finding that thing that gives me joy that I can be passionate about. I don't want just a job anymore. Yeah. So I think that people are, there's this sort of built in self-reflection in this time. Well, trauma has a way of creating moments of awareness that Mm -hmm. allow us to look back across the arc of our life and go, "Uh, is that it? Is that all I've accomplished? Or Mm -hmm. I I thought I'd be somewhere else by now. I thought I would have done something. I always dreamed of fill in the blank, right? And we have this, this moment where we're asking the right questions. And I think in large part, you know, this, this idea, this trend of the great resignation is in part an answer to the very questions that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. I think so too. Well, so the person that isn't all that interested in their employees, they're not really that curious. I actually had somebody in a training class that I was talking about the importance of relationship building and listening and this this one lead with somewhat of a caustic attitude says, what if I just don't care about any of my employees? And I looked at them and said, I'm sorry. <laughs> they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. But the point, the point that I wanted mm-hmm. to come to is if you struggle with this, I want mm-hmm. everyone on this cast to recognize that we're all human beings. We're social creatures. You have people in your life that you trust, like, respect. And if you want to be a great leader, you need to start letting your employees in a little bit. You don't have to be their friend, but you need to create an environment where you develop trust-based professional relationships. And if you can do that well, if you can cultivate just a little bit of curiosity about what makes these people tick, what can I do to help them perform at their best? That is the most pragmatic reason for making the connection, the human connection, is that they will perform better for you. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. there's no better reason than that if you're the, the practical kind of person that's not interested in developing relationships at work, and mm-hmm. yet you're a leader. So I just want to make sure that everybody out there listening to this cast recognize you don't have to be the warm teddy bear of a personality but you can still develop trust-based professional relationships with everyone. So Shelly, we're going to end this now, but if, if one of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? 
I'd be happy to have a conversation with anybody. Uh, they can either reach me by email at Shelly at BlueHorizonSolutions.org uh, or they can visit my website at www.BlueHorizonSolutions.org. Yeah, that's perfect. And there are several different ways they can reach me there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll put both of those in the show notes so that if someone wants to connect with you and learn more about your business and how you help leaders, definitely I'll make that happen. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the cast and spending this time with us. Oh, thank you. It's been my pleasure. And, and what a fun journey it's been. Right. Yeah, that's I've enjoyed great. It. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone. It's Ron again. Just wanted to let you know, I'm so excited to share something I've wanted to do for quite some time. I think you, by now you know that I'm really big into the how of being an effective leader. We need to be able to learn the tools and to practice them, to bring them to life. I'm creating a series of eBooks that are all about how, and the first one on how to delegate effectively is out on the Developing Leaders website. So if you go to the resources tab on developingleadersinc.com, you can find it there. I'll put it in the show notes as well. I'm really excited about this and love it if you check it out. Thanks. All right, everyone. Now you have your action items. I'm excited to hear from you on how what you learned today works for you. Be sure to connect with me at www.developingleadersinc.com and brief us on how the action items work for you. If you need immediate support, schedule a strategy call with me and let's build a plan together on how to get you the results you need. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next episode, get out there and lead your business.